Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Healthy Ways for Children. My name is Kimberly and I am your host for the next 30 minutes. For those who are joining us again, returning to the show, I thank you for your support. And for those who are new, just a brief background is I have a fitness program called Kids Under Construction, which began in 2005. We offer personal training for children 7 to 15 years old, helping them on their healthy journey. We have either in-home personal training or group classes. We can meet at local parks somewhere else a facility to help in their training. We also offer food journals and nutrition recommendations, helping them learn how to be accountable for their um, healthy status. And then finally, we offer motivational speakers to help them process whatever they're feeling and going through on this journey. So I thank you for joining us today, and um, I hope that you enjoy the show. We have, for the last um, three three uh, shows, we have been talking about sugar and how it affects the body, how um, what exactly it is, and just everything sort of associated with it to help you understand what exactly it is and how you um, how you can make some changes. So we're going to do a little um, background and recap of what we've talked about the last three shows. But if um, there's something that you want to um, ask me at a later time, feel free to email me at kids underscore under underscore construction at yahoo.com and I would love to talk to you and answer any questions that you might have. So the first week was our basic introduction which was helping us break down what exactly is sugar. So we won't go into great details but we all see in our grocery stores the different varieties of sugar and they all have their own different um, purposes. When you're cooking, mostly for baking, but we also use it a lot for sweetening our beverages and a lot of processed foods use it to help with the taste factor. So sugar is a huge, huge problem right now and a lot of people aren't really sure how to um, address it, especially where their, their children are concerned. So we're just trying to help you along the way to make sure that you understand this is the battle that they are facing and maybe make some changes in the home. So we broke down the different types of sugar. You have your granulated sugar, which is called your table sugar, or sorry about that. Or you have your powdered sugar, your raw sugar, and then you have the artificial sweeteners, which a lot of people use. Um, again, 
to try and cut back on the calories when you are um, sweetening your your baked goods and your beverages. Number uh, the second week we talked about how much sugar should your child have because that is a great debate as well. Um, the amount that is recommended for children aged 2 to 18 years old is 25 grams, which is equivalent to six teaspoons of sugar. It's not a lot. And that just shows you the real problem that we have with the daily intake of sugar. And children that young, you would think, oh, it's not a problem. But I found that you have sugar in the baby foods and the the drinks that they're they're drinking, the fruit snacks, all of that. Those contribute to that intake. Then we talked about um, how teens, when they're not in your presence how much they are in in taking. And the recommendation for them is one eight-ounce size beverage of a sweetened drink per week, not per day. And I know that this is something that is so much a part of their daily intake. I was at a friend's house yesterday, and her nephew was there, and just in the short time period, consumed two cans of Coke. The empty calories and the amount of sugar in a soft drink is definitely something that is not good for our teens. This young man looked fit. He was, didn't have a weight problem or anything like that. But the intake clearly from one soda depleted his whole daily allowance. And then when you look at your children, um, the recommendation for children under two is not to have sugar at all. So reading those labels on the baby foods and the other snacks that you provide to them is crucial for them to learn at an early age not to have such an intake. So then we talked further about the natural sugars versus your added sugars. And the debate is always, all sugar should count, which is not necessarily true in my book, but your home, your decision. I personally limit my added sugar to 25 grams a day. I don't take into account my natural sugars, which comes in my fruits and vegetables. I feel that children, they are still growing, even your teenagers, and Oftentimes, the limitation should come in the moderation of how much they're eating and drinking um, and how often. So portion control is definitely another factor that should come into play when they are having fruits and vegetables, but they need them. I personally don't eat grapes because I know that the sugar's in that. I have to lessen my banana intake when I make my smoothies because I know that that turns to sugar. So you you will learn all of the, the tricks of the trade, per se, as you continue to begin this process. It's not easy. 
I've been doing it for three years now, and it's still not easy. I don't deprive myself, but it now has become a natural progression in my daily eating and drinking. I drink way more water. That's really the safest bet when it comes to um, the liquids that you drink. It, It just helps with your skin. It helps with flushing, you know, your your waste, everything, water really does provide a, a great benefit. And it's something that should be encouraged for your children as well. And one thing that I, I tell parents all the time, you control what is in your home. So stop buying the soda, stop buying and, and, or limit them. It's it's hard to just come home one day and say, we're getting rid of all sugar. So you have to do it slowly in order to have long-term results. So we then talked about all of the different names that are associated with sugar. When you start looking at labels and figuring out, okay, how um, how do I recognize when I read, go shopping, how do I recognize what I'm not supposed to have or what my child is not supposed to have. So here are just some of the common names. There are over 50 different names associated with added sugar. So some that you hear all the time, high fructose corn syrup, uh, dextrose, um, let's see, fruit concentrate, brown sugar, corn sweetener, some others that you might not hear as often, raw sugar, syrup, molasses, glucose, honey, brown rice syrup. These are all things that contribute when you're buying, when you're buying the processed food. They're looking at the salt and the sugar to make the product more appealing. Your cereals, they're just loaded with sugar. Again, in order to entice the younger generation to ask their parents to buy it. So you have to look for the obvious things that that step out and then make the decision on how to limit them. Another thing is, um, you know, looking at how it affects our children and how much we consume in the U.S. was the third program that we had. And, again, when you look at over the years how much it has increased, there was a study that said on average that Americans eat about 17 teaspoons of added sugar every day. Okay? 17. When you're trying to limit it to to six, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but a lot of people may have some days that they eat more sugar than others. You have a celebration, then that comes into play. But on the average, the study showed that from 2005 to 2008, the average total daily calories for children 2 to 19 years old was um, 16% sugar. We consumed from 2009 to 2010 9.9 million tons of sugar in the U.S. So it's not just a kid issue. It's, it's everyone. Adults drinking cocktails, white wine, 
those things are heavy with sugar. And so, you know, the estimate now moving into uh, 2019, 2020 is 11.05 million tons of sugar. So it's not getting better, it's getting worse. No matter how much um, you hear the beverage companies, the big beverage companies, Pepsi and Coke, trying to roll out products that have less sugar, it still is a very real issue in our country. There was um, also, let's see, so we said how much sugar um, Americans consume But children, again, you need to make sure that even what they're drinking, sodas have an average of 46 grams of sugar in a 12-ounce serving size. Think about that. 46 grams of sugar. Now, the goal is to limit it to 25 grams. So in one soda... One soda. So imagine if they're drinking more than one in a day. I have I have coworkers that that's their coffee. They have that soda in the morning, then they have it at lunch, and, and a lot of times at dinner as well. So if you're drinking more than one a day, you're you're depleting your sugar intake for the whole week. You've done it in one day. And that's just from the drinks. So you're not you're not even taking into consideration um, any type of processed foods that you might eat. Everything bread has sugar, everything has sugar in it, and that is something that you'll just have to be more diligent on how to pull it back for your kids. So that was our recap of the last three programs. Today we are going to talk about the effects of sugar in the body and how to make lasting changes. So some of the main negative health effects um, is where we're going to start. Sugar, yes, you hear it. I even hear it more in the news. You see it in, in online that sugar is bad. The most, I guess, common problem that everyone can relate to is weight gain. Sugar definitely will add that weight, and it doesn't curb hunger, um, especially with the sodas. I cannot stress it enough. The sodas are just empty calories, and it is the problem. It not only affects the body, but your teeth. You know, you don't want your children having cavities early, not just the the, the sugary uh, cakes and cookies and candy and all of that, but just think on an average how much the little things that they're eating treats for doing something good. Those kind of things add to it, and they will also add to the weight problem. And and there's just no longer what's considered baby fat. Children as young as two can start to have health concerns. I, I, I heard a story years ago about a baby. He was, I want to say, 15 months, 18 months, and he was in the 98th percentile for weight. And the insurance company refused to give his parents insurance for him. Think about that, a baby. 
So as they continue to look around for coverage for their child, they're going to pay more. They're going to pay more because of a weight concern for their kid. Now, most of the time, it's not a hereditary issue. It's not a health concern. It is not using restraint when it comes to their eating, too much snacking, too much heavy food, um, not enough exercise. Those are the things that are contributing to it. The next problem is the blood sugar problem, heart disease. High sugar um, can lead to inflammation um, and high blood pressure levels. We are seeing that more in children, not just adults. It contributes to fatty artery clogging deposits. So you have a toddler who is now having health concerns, and this will follow them if not treated into adulthood. Once they get to a certain age, the battle becomes even harder for them to lose because now they have um, they have unhealthy ways of eating and unhealthy ways of thinking about what tastes good to them and what is good for them. So the battle really needs to start at a much younger age in order to deposit healthy traits so that as they get older, they'll start making decisions on their own. Another thing is acne. Sugary um, foods can spike insulin levels, causing increased secretion, oil production, and inflammation, all which play a role in acne development. So they start getting into their... um, Preteens, teens, the food is just it is just processed so differently now. So you're thinking, okay, um, it's not a real problem. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. It, it all works together. So eating all of that will contribute to, you know, the, the skin issues. And now you, it, it can also contribute to the self-esteem issues because, a lot of children are self-conscious about the acne in their face. So it's something, again, that can help in that process. It also increases the risk of diabetes. We've heard that before. Insulin resistance causes blood sugar levels to rise and strongly increases the risk of diabetes in our younger children. The number of type 2 diabetes cases has just skyrocketed and it just does not seem to be getting much better. I tell parents all the time, if you look back 10, 15 years ago in a classroom, you might see one or two children out of 25 kids who had a weight concern. Now, you have at least half of the class who 
have children that are either there at the obesity level or the overweight level. You have staff. So the examples that they're looking at are overweight. You have one or both parents in the home who have weight issues. So the whole, their whole world, when they look around, looks like them. And that is the problem that they feel like they don't need to do anything about it. So we need to change that, especially if diabetes runs in your family. It's something that, that should be considered. Another problem is depression. Blood sugar swings can have an impact on mental health. A lot of people stress eat. Kids are no different. We can't hold them to a higher standard than we do ourselves. They may not have the problems of bills and and the stresses of, you know, raising a family and taking care of home. But there are so many issues that they deal with on a daily basis on, you know, in their world. Some that we we just will never, as, as parents and caregivers, we will never understand because they don't want to talk about it. It's not addressed. It's overlooked. And they continue to hold it inside. And so that that leads to other things. And weight is a huge thing for bullying and making children feel less than special and worthy. Another thing is um, sugar. You've heard it. You can have sugar highs and sugar lows. Well, that you can have a very drained feeling when you eat a lot of sugar and then um, and then you come off of that sugar high. A fatty liver is another problem. Large amounts of added sugar in the form of fructose overload can overload your liver, leading to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Hmm. So think about that. These are all things that can happen to children when they consume too much too much sugar. We talked about it before, cavities. How, 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 how can children with baby teeth that haven't even come out are now rotten because they're eating too much sugar? The process really needs to begin when they are little. Finding healthier, healthier alternatives to reward them when they're hungry. Sometimes children eat because they're bored, especially in this summer. We're now just starting another school year, but think about the two months that they were home. They're bored. They don't know what to do. They're playing video games or watching TV, and it's just a lot of snacking and laying around, no activity. Now, I know that that is generalizing it, that not all children are that way. But there are a good amount that fall into that description. They're not motivated to do anything but eat. So you're paying more, and and they're gaining weight. So those are just a few things that, you know, you can take into consideration if Lowering the sugar for your family is an option. So how can you make 
choices and decisions that have long-term results. So one thing that I talked about briefly is reading labels. To me, that is just absolutely crucial. If you start the process of looking at labels, I, I had, and again, I have weaknesses sometimes. It's been three years, but there are still times that I have a taste for something. I was in the grocery store, and for some reason I saw it, and I thought, oh, I haven't had this in forever, a Twinkie. I looked on the box for one Twinkie is like 45 grams of sugar. That snaps me right out of it. When I realized, okay, indulging in that one moment is is just unnecessary. So let me pick out something else that is more friendly to my journey. The more you make the decisions, the easier it'll get. Um, water. Water, water, water. I cannot stress it. That is something that definitely needs to be encouraged at all times because water helps in so many ways, and I'm going to do a program on that, showing the benefits of water and to help. Um, And now they have flavored waters and things that sort of help the taste if children aren't inclined to drink a lot of water, but that's a, um, a good way to start phasing out so many Um, juices, uh, energy drinks, sodas out of your um, family diet. Eat more fruits. Fruits have a natural sugar that will definitely curb um, curb your wanting to eat so many sweets and cakes and cookies. A natural, it it really does help. Having an apple, um, Limiting, but having cherries or grapes or something along those lines, it it will definitely help when you have those weak moments. And then limit the fast food. The more you cook at home and the more you control what your family eats, it will help in the process. You'll never know what all is is, uh, being done to food when you eat out at fast foods or even restaurants. You just won't know. But if you do it at home, then you will be able to control it better. That concludes our four-part series about the sugar journey. Hopefully it was helpful. I feel like um, I continually try to do things to help myself, and I try to pass on information that I have to help families get in better shape and make better decisions. You only have one body, and as a parent, it is our responsibility to help our children be the best that they can be. And we know that even as adults that people who are overweight or people who are, um, are different, they, they, it, it can affect every, every area of your life. So why not be healthier and feel better Be able to walk the stairs, have more energy, live longer, because obesity is shortening our lives if we don't take it serious. So this is Healthy Ways for for Children. I am 
doing shows every Friday from 10 to 10.30. The next series that we're going to talk about is going back to school. We're going to take an in-depth look at some of the programs, um, the breakfast and the lunch programs that's offered to children in uh, school settings. I have a book talking about breakfast. We're going to dive into that and hopefully help understand the importance of breakfast and then some other tips to help during this school year so children are successful and ways that you can be more involved to help them on a daily basis. Because once they're out the door, it's just, it's hard. You're at work, they're at school, and they are, um, they're encountering a lot of different things. So this way we can sort of cut things off, whether it's bringing their lunch, paying closer attention to the school menus. Nowadays most school systems have um, a way to put money on their books and they can eat what they want. So let's dive into going back to school, and we'll talk again next Friday. Bye.